For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Um, he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi and Tony Dick here with you on Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast, that's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. You can also find us at Browns Believe, that's at Browns B-L-E-A-V. Tony, obviously we're going to talk about the draft today, a little rehash. We gave it a little time, didn't want to jump in on the bandwagon with all the other, oh, instant reaction folks. We've had a couple days to kind of look at everything, but first... Do a little uh, FYI for the folks. Just make sure everybody knows, right? 2021 draft. Going to be here in Cleveland. We've already had some conversations with the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission about how we can get involved with the Browns as well. We've talked to uh, some of our friends and counterparts there. You excited for the draft to be in Cleveland in 2021? Uh, you know, I, I think it'll be it'll be nice. 
I mean, it's understatement, I guess. It'll be nice for it to be in Cleveland. I'm a little heartbroken because I felt like we deserved to have it for the 100th anniversary of the NFL, but I guess I could get over that. I mean, uh, you know, given <laughs> the way it turned out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think we'll I think we'll be fine with that. Uh, but I I just I'm excited. I think it'll be great. Once again, it'll be a great opportunity for the city of Cleveland to be able to highlight um, exactly who we are, what we look like, and how we do things. I think if if anybody learned any lesson from the um, you know the recent RNC here. In Cleveland, or you know, even if you were to go back to that Cavaliers, um, MLB All Star game, yeah, right? yeah, MLB All Star game, the the uh, the Cavaliers uh, parade. I mean, we we are able to put on big events, and they turn out just great because um, you know, and and a lot of it is sports commission people behind the scenes. Obviously, are just super talented people, and then the people of Cleveland are just great people too. Um, which I may be a little biased because I'm in that group, but uh, <laughs> whatever. That's yeah. the way it is. That's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. No. And what did you think of the coverage? My takeaway, and I, I mentioned this on the first day of the coverage, uh, it seemed like here's the pick, and here is literally the worst thing that ever happened to them or a family member in their entire life. Hey, we're drafting Johnny, 17th, out of you know Texas Tech. And last week, his mother died, his father was murdered, and his sister is in intensive care with the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was kind of it. I, I mean, but that's, it's typical NFL. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's typical NFL. I, I mean, you, you know, we go to the Super Bowl, you know, every year we see it. Um, been to a ton of their major events. Uh, you see it. It's to the point where it, it's so it gets disgusting for anybody that goes there year after year after year because really what the NFL does or how they think is fans are coming out anyhow. Doesn't matter what we put out there. Let's just go ahead and roll roll out some hot garbage and and people will cheer for it. I, I mean I I even thought and I was telling my kids this. I said you know. You got a guy like Roger Goodell. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and bash, you know, millionaires, but uh, here's a guy that's making forty million dollars a year, and and that's really what his basement looks like. Like, dude, if I was the commissioner of the NFL and I had forty million dollars, my he's like, welcome to my man cave. It's like man cave. That looked like like some old man smoking room. I, I mean, I, I just I don't know. I I thought the whole thing was kind of hokey. But, you know, there were some funny moments. I mean, Belichick's dog sitting behind the laptop I thought was funny. Um, you, you know, the, the, there's some things that were memorable that happened, but it was a lot of that. Um, well, you know what, though, I, I will say, and, and I will agree, here, neither here nor there on Roger Goodell, I just don't think he has a, an engaging personality to begin with. So I think that he's, it's always a struggle when he's the front-facing piece yeah. for the league because he just does – he's not very personable, right? Um, Cliff Kingsbury, though, is leading his best life. I mean, that guy <laughs> is like yeah. – I mean, that pad, that layout, I was like, dude, this guy, he's got it on lock. No, no, no. I mean, like I said, that's one of those one of those uh, heroes that came out of the, uh, the draft. Yeah. But, you know, and the problem the NFL has, too, is on the production end – um, you know, NFL Films is obviously an amazing, amazing organization, but NFL Films isn't in charge of all the NFL production. Yeah. Um, so the problem you have is when you don't have like a, 
if you look at the Olympics, when you talk about the human interest stories, they don't have like a Dick Dick Ebersol who's in charge, like over top of the whole entire thing. You don't have a, a person like that. So you have people trying to do uh, like Dick Ebersol, NBC, Olympic type things, but you don't have anyone in charge that has those capabilities. But so you that's... know what they don't do at the Olympics, though? They don't do it on every single athlete. Yeah, I mean, no. that's, and that's the challenge. I, I'll, in defense of ESPN and the NFL, that's the challenge. But the challenge is because they make that the challenge. You do not yeah. have to do those types of pieces on every single yeah. player that is drafted. You yeah. can spotlight and say, hey, you know, this guy... His just has a better story, so we're going to tell this story. And you know what? When the other guy comes and gets drafted, we're just going to show some highlights. We're going to talk about his playing yeah, ability. Yeah. And that's it. Wait, well, you have to give the, the viewer time to breathe. I mean, you can't just keep layering <laughs> sad story after sad story after sad story. Um, I, and, and, you know, I, I guess it's it's difficult to, I, I mean, you know, I guess I'm the one that made the comparison, but now I'm going to tell you why it's difficult to make the comparison. Um you know, with the Olympics, you have months to prepare. You know who's participating. Uh, with the draft, you really have no idea what order the names are going to be called, so you're kind of scrambling in that regard. But like I said, they, they, they should they should be ready for that by now. And and you don't have to be ready for every person if you do, as you said. Have, have highlights, obviously, ready for everyone, but have human interest stories for and we sprinkle you know yeah. we sprinkle it in um as needed but eh, you know i, I guess I'll, I'll i don't want to beat up on them too much i thought we, it went pretty well it went pretty well yeah. went, went pretty well I, I was expecting a lot more um glitches i, I know having taught online now for whatever it's been eight, eight years or whatever whatever we've done here uh it's uh you, you know I, I was surprised that there weren't more uh, there were not more major glitches because you just had so many people. And obviously, um, I would hope that, uh, you know, everyone's bandwidth is a little bit higher uh, when you get to the NFL yeah. level. But you'd still expect more glitches. Um, I've tried to talk live in my home, and that's why I come to work um, to do my classes, just because, of, you know, kids yelling inappropriate stuff or the dog barking at the mailman. Um you didn't see a ton of that, uh, which you know may may have broke it up a little bit, made it a little bit more human if it had happened. Yeah. Um, but I thought it went well. Um, you, you know, not well enough that they should not come to Cleveland next year, but it, it went well. All right. So as we move into the draft, right? I, I thought it was a good draft. We'll look at the grades really quick. Even though, again, I I believe. You really can't evaluate a draft. No. Minimum three years, realistically five years, in my opinion, when those guys are coming up for that first real free agency contract from those um, first-round picks there, the fifth-year options, which the Browns did uh, pick up for Miles Garrett and uh, David Joku. Um, I think it was a solid move. Obviously, Miles was a no-brainer. Um, Joku was a mildly debatable one. Kuiper yeah. uh, gave the Browns a B. Plus, Pro Football Focus gave them an A+. Plus. The Draft Wire gave them an A. Monday Morning Quarterback gave them a B+. Plus, and NFL.com gave them an A. So you're averaging out somewhere between an A and A-, minus if you're putting everything together. So it looks like everybody is happy with the Browns draft. Um, we'll start at the top. Tony, you had it nailed. You pegged it. Um, Jedrick Wills Jr. from Alabama. 6'4", 312 pounds of almighty left tackle. 
I think it was a, you know, I don't want to say it was a no-brainer pick. I mean, as we said, you know, the last, we've said over the last couple weeks, there there were four really good choices there that could have been made. Um, And I think they got a good guy. Did they get the best guy? Like you said, it'll take three years to figure that out. And really, even with that, it's, I always hate that when, when, when they go back in retrospect and they say, well, you know, here's all the guys that got, you know that were drafted before this guy and this guy oh, made yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it's every team that you get plugged into is a different situation. I mean, I, I've said it for years. I think Tim Couch, if you had plugged Tim Couch into the mid '80s uh, Dallas Cowboys, he he has the same career as Troy Aikman. I, I mean, he had the same. The 90s. Well, not like '80s, '90s, <laughs> uh, but he'd have the no, same same skill set um, and everything. He just. You're on a team with no offensive line. Like, what? What? It, what's your career supposed to look like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, um. So with Wills, I think he's that last piece that they needed to solidify that line, and they went and they got some depth later for the line uh, yeah. later on. Nice but, move. but, but I, I think now, uh, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm, I'm doing whatever. I'm, I'm out in the garage. Uh, lifting weights uh, even more than I've ever been before because it's now that they have wills it is all on him I hate to say that but it's all on Baker Mayfield he has everything that you a quarterback could possibly ask for I can't think of anything else that he would need he's got two running backs he's got uh, two great fullback. receivers <laughs> yeah. he's got uh yeah he's got a he's got a good fullback he's got tight ends Million I mean, dollar offensive line now. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Brand so new tackles. Yeah. Uh, so, to, so to me, it's been the you know it, the off season has been Christmas every day for for Baker Mayfield, and and now it's time for the rubber to hit the road here. He's he has to prove in year three that he is the man. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, I don't even want to think about it because otherwise, it's just you, you're back to blowing this thing up and looking, you, you know. Because it's it, if he's not the guy, you're done. If he's not the guy, you're done for another five years. Because you, you figure you're going to have to find that quarterback one. Um, all these guys that were brought here to the you know the, with the promise of hey we're yep. putting together a team, they're all leaving. Um, and and you know like I said, I hate to deal with worst case scenarios, but that that would be the worst case scenario is if he doesn't pan out this year. Yeah, yeah. And then so we'll move through. Uh, we'll talk about these two together. Because the Browns did trade, right? They had number 41 in the second round. So what would have been the ninth pick overall, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the ten, or yeah, the ninth pick overall in the second round. So 41 overall. Uh, they traded it. They got 44, which was the 12th pick in the second round. But then they also got number 160. So they got their fifth round pick there as well. So we're going to talk about Grant Delpit. And Nick Harris together, just because, hey, instead of going round by round, let's mix it up a little bit. Uh, so we got Grant Delpit. That's who you wanted out of LSU. Last year, 65 tackles, two sacks, two interceptions, a national championship. Um, slightly better sophomore year with 74 tackles, five sacks, five picks. Had an ankle injury that allegedly slowed him a little bit. I personally would have liked to see Antoine Winfield Jr. here better. I liked him a little better, but I know teams were scared of his size. Right, I mean, Delpit's 6'2", 213, Winfield's 5'10", 205, so a little bit of difference there, obviously, but I can't argue with the pick. What do you got with Delpit? Yeah, well, you know, with Delpit, because I I did, in my mind, go back and forth between the two, and and 
once again, I'm going to contradict myself because I, I feel like sometimes the numbers that come out of a the combine or virtual combine or whatever the hell we had this year, you, you know, some of those numbers, uh, you know, a player will play sometimes bigger than his numbers. That being said, you know, in in this division, we're we're going to be a throw happy division for a little while here. You got Joe Burrows now in 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 Cincinnati. You know, the Baltimore is going to continue to do their thing, and Pittsburgh, you know, has gone from that. Not the they're not the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you know, yeah. of the past. They're they're going to sling it. So, being a couple inches taller, while on the books it may look like it's not that big of a deal, it's a huge deal. I think if if you're going up against the guys we're going to be going up against, um, I don't think you could have gone wrong. If if I wanted Delpit, but if they had picked Winfield. I don't think I would have argued with that. I think they were that close, and it really is a matter of I, inches. I think game of inches. Well, and I think honestly, <laughs> you know, for for you, right, the 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 guy who sometimes questions the analytics. I think the analytics led you to the Delpit pick, yeah. right? Just because, hey, looking at it, which guy has a higher likelihood of succeed based on some of these metrics? And I, th- I think you know you'd have to be, uh, you'd have to really take that shot. It's a little more outside of the box to go with Winfield than it is to go with Delpit. And I obviously might be biased because he's a gopher. He ended up going with the very next pick yeah. to, to my former employee, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you know, it's not like yeah. you know, you're looking at 44 or 45. Uh, I think they would have gone in that order regardless of who would have picked who there, obviously. Um, well, I think if I, if I had interviewed him at the Combine, I mean, the first question I would ask him is, well, why did you not go to Ohio State? And then, uh, you know, that's, that's where, you know. And they probably, <laughs> probably would have said because they didn't recruit me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Could have walked on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then the other pick that, that kind of ties into this because it, it came with the trade, so mm-hmm. we're just going to kind of move it out there. The, the fifth-round pick, um, number 126, Nick Harris, the center out of Washington. In my mind, a, a great backup. He's not replacing Treader no. at, at this point, but, hey, you, you've been talking about it nonstop for the past you know three or four weeks. Hey, we need some depth on the offensive line. Um, a guy that realistically, if if you're a backup center, a lot of those guys can flex out to the guard spot and back yeah. up there as well. So to me, uh, you know, Washington, a great program. Uh, so I, I got no. Problem. Yeah, no, I, I thought a huge pickup, and you know, as we've stated the last couple of weeks, and I, I don't mean to make light of this because it's a serious topic, but I mean, you really you have to have depth because now we're not just talking about uh, guys potentially. Um, you know, rolling an ankle during a game. It could be, you know, you picked up the wrong grapefruit at Whole Foods. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, so uh, having depth is important, and I think this was uh, that was a that was a, a nice pickup. You know, you definitely have to tip your hat to Andrew Barry and the crew for um, bolstering the offensive line with this, um, because you know, as we stated last week, you you don't start digging your wells when when you get hungry or thirsty you're you're digging your wells prior to that and I think having some guys on the shelf that'll be nice it'll be nice for us to have that luxury um, to just be able to plug somebody in if we need to you know if you if you look at the New England Patriots you know everybody everybody thinks it's Tom Brady and obviously Tom Brady is a huge piece of their success but if you look at the success of the New England Patriots over the last 20 years it has been a model that that Bill has built that uh, we're not so worried about having the most talented first string um, but we're, we're looking to have probably the most talented second and third string in order for there to be 
less of a drop-off once someone in that first string or second string gets injured. Um, and, and I think that's worked well for them. I think so many times we're focused on our starters, and the reality is that every season, every team has an injury, yeah. whether it's major, minor, whatever. But you you always have disruptions in the lineup, and whatever team can have the best tools on the shelf, uh, you know, or pieces on the shelf to plug in there to fill those gaps until those people can get better. They're the ones that have the most success. So um, I like I like. You know what Andrew did there. I, I think that that's a solid pickup, and those are the type of moves that we will need to do continuously um, in, in order to get our team built yeah. for the long run. I mean, that's how you build a winning organization is moves like that. And I think this next move to me really speaks to the team having an understanding of what they want to execute from a defensive perspective, right? Because they had the seventy fourth pick. Zach Bond was there. So if they wanted that kind of 3-4 rush linebacker, they could have gotten him, right? Hey, it would have been a sexy pick. A guy had 12 and a half sacks last year in college, right? Oh, man, can you imagine this? But he doesn't fit the scheme no. that they want to play. So what did they do? Hey, they moved back to 88, but they also picked up a third-round pick next year. Yeah. Right? And then they, with the 88th pick, they take Jordan Elliott. They need some depth on that defensive line. Defensive tackle out of Missouri, 6'4", 302 pounds, 44 tackles, 2.5 sacks, 8.5 tackles for a loss last year. A guy who's going to challenge, you know, Richardson, Ogunjobi for some time up front and going to be a good rotation piece, in my opinion. Yeah, and the thing I like about uh, Jordan Elliott is, is he's not a super... I like the fact that he's not a super sexy pick. Like he he he's not flashy. He's just seems to be a guy that just comes in, does his job, and then that will be a perfect fit for his role on this team. I mean, he's going to be, you know, basically a part of a rotation at defensive tackle. And um, once again, when he rotates in there, I don't anticipate a huge drop off. Uh, I, I just think he'll he'll be a guy that can hold the line until. Um, you know, the other guys can rotate back in. And um, I don't know. I, 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 once again, I think that was a good, that was a good pick. Yeah. Great pick. Um, you know, not, no big splash, but you don't need a big splash. You need guys that are going to come in with their lunch pail and, and want to go to work. And I think he fits that mold. So, yeah. And then the next pick, the Browns go back to LSU. Uh, pick up a linebacker, pick up Jacob Phillips, who had 113 tackles last year, uh, seven and a half for a loss, a sack. So a guy that's, that's again, not that rush linebacker type, going to probably play in the middle, battle Mac Wilson, Stone Taki Taki for um, some reps there. He's uber fast if you've watched some LSU games for a linebacker. Very quick guy. Maybe not the strength that you're always looking for, specifically maybe at that mic spot, so he might slide out depending on, on how they want to do. But again, to me, speaks to the coaches have an understanding of the type of player they want yep. on this roster because it's going to fit the scheme they want to run. Yeah, and the nice thing about him, too, is if you, if you look at, um, you know, you kind of dig through his stuff, I think he'll probably someone he'll be someone who will be able to be a force immediately on special teams, which which I know sometimes we don't look at that stuff, but when you're talking everything you just said, lean, fast, um, you know, hungry guy, 
those are the guys you're going to want on special teams. So I'm sure the special teams coaches um, had a little bit of say on this because he's going to fit. He's going to fit into what we do. I think um, a guy who be great coverage linebacker too, right? Covering yeah. those tight ends coming out, a guy that's six three and it can run. You know, that's a good matchup for us from a defensive standpoint on any number of tight ends across the league. Yeah, yeah. Then the Browns move with fourth uh, round pick, 115. They move and they take a tight end themselves. They take Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic, 6'5, 243. Last year, 65 receptions, just over 1,000 yards receiving, seven touchdowns. Uh, in my opinion, a guy that definitely has better hands than Joku. Maybe not quite the blocker he is at this point. We'll see. But at, with that size, you, you hope that guy can develop into a little bit of a, of a blocker, in my opinion. Even as a Miami guy, you put Hooper and Bryant in there, and, man, you got some hands there that can really help from yeah. an offense. Who do you cover? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he'll be a good addition. I, I, I'm, you know, I did, uh, you know, having watched them play Ohio State, I, that was the one thing that popped out, uh, popped into my mind. He did have three, like, major drops in that game. But I think the hands part of it, um, first, I, you know, sometimes it's coaching. Um, you, you know, you can coach the hands a little bit. Um, you would hope that at this level the hands would already be there. But then again, um, you know, you're at Florida Atlantic. I, I don't want to rip Florida Atlantic, but, uh, you, you know, I, I don't know what kind of coaching he's gotten. I, I just think he'll be fine. Um is there is there other things we we could have gotten there? I, I think you know are you maybe Willie Taggart and Lane Kiffin are not no, no. elite level coach. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Um, uh, I, you know, were there other things we could have gotten there? Yes, I I, I think so. Um, you know, so this maybe of all the picks, maybe the one that we you, you might want to question a little bit, but. That the reason I don't question it too much is because Njoku has just not been. I don't want to say he's been a disappointment because some because of it's he has been. well, some of it's been injuries and and you, so you can't. You but health can't, is a skill, Tony. Health yeah. is a skill. I mean, yeah. as much as people, oh, it's a fluke. It's. A, I get that, but if you, if you're not able to perform because you're constantly injured, yeah. that's that's yeah. a reason not to have somebody as a key part of your roster yeah so you know as a as a result um uh, he, he was it was a necessary pickup because clearly they, they're going to use and i like this they're going to use two tight ends uh you know in their system they're going to use a fullback in their system they're going to use two backs in their system i mean they're, they're all things that as a you know browns fan someone who's a afc north fan those are things you need <laughs> I, I mean it, it we're, we're loading up you know our weapons and we're getting the appropriate one. So, yeah, to add another tight end, uh, I think it's, you know, it was a good pickup, especially at that spot. It's not like we reached for anybody. Um, yeah, and I think his hands, I, having watched some more of their games, uh, I think his hands are, are definitely better than what was displayed in the OSU game. But And I think that'll show once he gets uh, here to camp. Yeah, well, well, and I guess he was playing OSU, so you got to factor that in. Yeah, yeah. Best team in the country last year, so. Yeah, other than that LSU team, so that's all right. All right. right. Beat by the guy they didn't want, but that's okay. Uh, So uh, we already talked about Nick Harris there at at center and the pickup and the trade that came with that. 
Then we have our, uh, the last pick from the rival Michigan Wolverines, Tony. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Detroit. You look at the numbers and you're thinking, why did this kid leave early? In terms of only 34 receptions last year for 438 yards, six touchdowns. Career-wise, 100 receptions, 1,300 yards. I mean, Harrison Bryant had almost the numbers people Jones had for his career just last season in terms of yardage and, uh, you know, 14 touchdowns total punt returner as well. You know, pretty good punt returner, you know, almost eight and a half yards per return on punts is, is pretty impressive. A couple touchdowns, but a guy that when he was coming out of high school was the number one rated receiver in his class, top 10 player on pretty much everybody's board, six, two, two, twelve. I got some other stuff I'm going to talk about. What do you what do you think of the Peoples Jones pick? Uh, I don't like it. I, I don't I don't like it. Not from the football skill end of it, but I don't like it from the locker room chemistry point of it because I think I saw a little bit of this last year when you got OBJ in there. Um, I, I think you had a lot of young guys who I don't want to say they you know they they, they were spinning out of control, but you had a lot of young guys who were exposed to just a you know just uber uber confident uber i don't even know what i want i i, want, I don't want to i don't want to rip into him but i it just i don't know it, i just don't think it's a good fit because you have a kid who probably should have stayed in college you know one more year um you know i get wanting to get away from michigan but i mean you chose to be there in the first place so i, I understand that part of it a little bit but but no i just don't I don't know. I, I and I guess only time will tell. But I think bringing in a guy that's that's young and, and immature like this is just it's it's another reason why having OBJ in the locker room is a bad deal. Now, uh, could Odell flip the switch and all of a sudden this year decide that hey, I'm going to stop the shenanigans. I'm going to become a team leader. Yeah, I guess that could happen. I don't foresee that happening because you are who you are at at some point. Um, but I just a young kid like this. I mean, is you, as a coaching staff, you better get the OBJ stuff under control. Uh, otherwise, you're gonna have kids like this get soured. I think, and that's just like I said, that, that's just nothing more than just my. Um, you know, observations during my time around the game it is time after time, I've seen it happen where you'll bring in someone like this, someone young, immature, impressionable. I mean, imagine, imagine being this kid being thrown into that locker room. Yeah. Well, it I mean, I mean, I think it depends on who takes you under their wing, right? I mean, yeah. if it's Jarvis Landry, I think you're okay. If it's OBJ, then it's a little different from that standpoint, and. Hopefully, again, the coaching staff, like you said, will take some ownership of that and just direct people appropriately. And so even if he maintains his antics or whatever, it's not going to have that effect on everyone else, especially some of the younger guys. But but well, once again, we'll go back to the special teams. I think he will be uh, he will have the opportunity to be a star on special teams. Um, I can't right imagine if he's a punt, if he, he's not him not being the punt yeah. returner for week one of of this season. Yeah. I I can't imagine a scenario where that's not the case. Yeah, and and I mean really, you look at the numbers, uh, the underwear Olympics, you know, the NFL Combine, 
a guy who ran a 4.4840, so faster than some of the guys across the board, you know, a top 25 number, I think, it, for receivers there. From a vertical jump standpoint, which I think is a stat that matters a little bit in right. the NFL, right? You're going to have guys going up. For, 44 and a half inches was the top receiver by two and a half inches. I think that matters a little bit. Uh, the broad jump, 139 inches. He was number one in that. I have no idea what that means in the NFL, Tony. I, <laughs> I, I have not seen yet second and broad jump. Uh, so if that takes place, maybe in some new rules for 2020, uh, then the Browns are in, in good position to dominate the second and broad jump. Uh, he did skip the bench press, which I think maybe speaks a little bit to his problems with press coverage when he was at Michigan. Mm. Just doesn't quite maybe have the upper body strength and didn't want to put up a... In, in his defense, <laughs> I, I, I skipped the bench press. Too. A three. <laughs> um, but I, one of the other things, never had a 100-yard game at Michigan yeah. um, as a receiver. I think that's a little challenging. Um, I think a guy who has... When you talk about measurables, when you talk about quote-unquote talent and skill, everything's there. This guy could be have a 12-year NFL career yep. and be a great player. He could also be out of the league by the end of his first season. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and that's, you know what, and you could say that realistically maybe about any sixth-round pick. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of it. I mean, it's not like not like we're drafting him to be a major contributor. Obviously, our number yeah. one and number two slots are, are filled. <laughs> yeah. I was I would even argue that now number three and possibly four are already filled. I mean, he'll be he'll be competing for those those spots, but it's not like we had like a a definite need no. at wide receiver. I, I think he's someone that is is there to kind of help push the room a little bit. Yeah, and I think um, if if everything breaks out, he's really he's your three guy. Yeah. If, if you're saying, hey, what would be a dream scenario for this season, that this kid steps up, produces at a level that makes you say, he's got to be our three receiver. Because as you said, he's not going to be one or two no. this year. Or, or Hopefully not. Really, I mean, reasonably next year. Yeah. Right? And so it's like, hey, can you come in? Can you help that room? Can you provide some depth? Hey, great. ton of free agents the Browns signed. That looks like 15 other guys quarterback from Princeton, some running backs from Charlotte and Georgia, wide receivers from Colorado and Louisiana, tight end from Iowa, you know, linemen from South Carolina State, Southern Mississippi, defensive linemen from Sacramento State, South Alabama, linebacker from Liberty, uh, safety from Liberty, uh, some DBs from Baylor, Oklahoma State, and, and Middle Tennessee State as well. So guys just to fill out the rooms, give some extra reps. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe somebody makes that roster or Jumps on the jumps out of the building for you and is like, oh my god, we got to sign this guy to a contract. You know, some some other just general signings that are happening from a Brown standpoint as well. We're not going to run through those. I'm sure um, nobody knows how well the quarterback from uh, Princeton performed this past year. And, and realistically, uh, you know, uh, I don't think you're going to have to worry about it for much longer. So. Anything else, Tony? I mean, from a draft standpoint, my opinion, a really great draft where we filled some needs. We got some guys with some elite level upside. And I would be surprised. I'm going to make this prediction, and every single player we drafted will be on our roster on opening day. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I disagree with that. I, I think, you know... The, the one thing for me that I took out of from the draft, obviously, 
if I look around the north, you know, Joe Burrow is going to Cincinnati. Obviously huge news. I think probably the biggest news besides the Joe Burrows was the fact that Pittsburgh, to me, had a very un-Pittsburgh-like draft. I thought their <laughs> draft was very mediocre, um, while unfortunately, at the same time, Baltimore, I think, yeah, yeah. knocked it out of the park. I, I mean, I, I think Patrick Queen is going to be someone that Baker Mayfield is going to be seeing in, in his nightmares um, for the next, hopefully, for the next 10, 12 years, because that would mean he's, you know, Baker's with us for the next 10, 12 years. But I just felt like they they did such an awesome job of retooling that team. I mean, some of the pickups they got, um, you know, they were already a good team. I mean, you throw a J.K. Dobbins on that team, that's a nice a nice oh, yeah. weapon to have on offense. Defensively, they they added a ton of firepower on on uh, on defense, and it's just man, I, I I can't wait for that first game, Browns versus Baltimore, because it's going to be great to see you know these teams going at it. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, other than that, you know, like I said, I. Where would I rank us? I'm not big on that. I, I I'm not going to give a grade. Um, no, I don't give a grade. Uh, well, yeah, we'll just go pass fail. I think they passed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, just keep it at that because, um, you know, like I said, it's it's going to be who controls the locker room, you know, and and gets to these kids first, um, and and just how they bring them into the fold. And I, I feel like Stefanski, uh, has got enough of a handle on that at least from these initial you know, his initial, you know, press conferences and the things he's been saying. I mean, the one unfortunate thing is, um, you know, we, we have no idea quite yet when these players are going to be able to get influenced. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I know Fauci this morning uh, was, was basically saying that um, without regular testing, he doesn't see professional sports happening. But I have to imagine that the NFL is going to have enough money to make sure that testing of older people happens. I mean, yeah, I mean, you heard some of the news coming out of, uh, I mean, just, you know, obviously we're not Europe, but you always use other leagues as kind of measuring sticks. Uh, the French prime minister canceled league one and, and league two for the season, you know, so the French professional soccer leagues are done for the year, but then you see the EPL providing information saying, Hey, you know, we could, we could run a game and it'd be 300 people in the building. Yeah. That's it. That's all we need to run a, a full game with everything we need from players to trainers to officials to uh, general staff, whatever, 300 people, we can get this done. So it looks like they're really trying to ramp it back up. Um, you hear all the stories about MLB and what they're maybe trying to do with yeah. um, you know, Arizona and Florida and possibly Texas thrown in there too. Uh, to see what they can do to get games going. I think maybe, hopefully, the way it's trending, we're going to see. We're going to see fall football. Maybe it'll be slightly delayed. Uh, maybe we'll be heading to the Super Bowl in uh, late February. Or how great would a St. Paddy's Week Super Bowl be, though? Um, that would just be... That would be... <laughs> That that would be maybe inappropriate for a podcast uh, to discuss. So, or at least this one. So, Tony, I got to get to class here in a couple minutes. Um, teach some sport finance. Go. Yeah, I'm some... already. I'm already actually online. I'm already in my oh, class. You're spot. cheating! You're <laughs> cheating! I like to teach right in the room. You're just going off the computer. Just log it back in. So, folks, thanks for joining us, Browns backers. We'll be here next week to chat with you. Hopefully, we'll be talking about NFL scheduling the opening up of facilities 
and having some announcements coming, not necessarily announced at that point, but coming about when uh, organized team activities, mini camps, and, and training camps are hopefully going to take place for the 2020 season. That's all we got, Browns backers. Have a great one. Jump check. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.